1: Blog Talk Radio. Oh, that is the sign that it is time for Drive Through HR. Uh, greetings, everyone. Welcome, welcome to uh, today's episode of Drive Through HR. My name is Robin Schooling. I'm one of one of the hosts, and I am uh, I'm playing solo host today, so it will be just uh, just me and my guest. It is Monday, June 29th, and we are here celebrating. Oh Canada Week! So we are doing a show a day this week um, because, for folks who don't know, Wednesday, July 1st, is actually Canada Day. So this is this is our time. Um, since the drive-through HR studios are based in the U.S., um, this is ex- this is a purposeful expansion of our borders this week to talk to our wonderful friends to the north. So, let me welcome our very first guest, um, a returning guest, a longtime friend and um, family member, really of Drive Through HR. Um, our first Canadian guest of the week, uh, Bonnie Tidkemeyer. Bonnie, hello. 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 So good to have you on. Welcome. I welcome know. back to the drive through.
0: I know. You know. You and I see each other at least once or twice a year, and it's now been a year, mm-hmm. so it's good I know. to at least
1: talk to you live. I know it is. It's it's what we've got right now, right? <laughs> <But> <laughs> exactly. Do, exactly. At least we've got virtual we got. Uh, to to hang out with each other. Um, so let's do this. The uh, before we dive into the into the guts of our show, um, I want to have you. Um, let our listeners know for those who aren't familiar with you. Um tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell tell our listeners who you are, what you do, where you are, all that good stuff.
0: Okay. Well, um I've been in HR this is just terrible, but since uh, June 1, <laughs> one, thirty years. I had a big thirty year uh yeah. recognition to share for that and virtually all in consulting. Um, I have had some uh, stints where I've uh, gone inside um, essentially maybe not uh, with a a client but uh, with the firm that I'm with. I might have gone yeah. to manage the, the people inside too. Um, but like all consulting and I don't know how many HR folks say that because a lot of people start Mm -hmm. in the business and go out to uh, consulting Mm -hmm. later. But I got very fortunate um, that uh, my first HR job was with a downtown Toronto uh, law firm and doing compensation and employment standard compliance kind of um, Mm. consulting. And then that eventually spread into a lot of different things. Um, With today. Um, The two areas that I spend the most time in are um, transactions. So when companies Uh buy or sell, I typically, and again, that's my legal connection to HR, but um, when uh, companies primarily are selling, they need some help on understanding what they're buying um, or if they've made the decision to purchase, now they got to bring everybody together. Like what are the mechanics of doing that? Yeah. and I play the the middle person in, in ensuring that the paperwork gets uh, drafted that the um, the implementation is going to go um, the way the parties really wanted it to so mm-hmm. that's a that's a mm-hmm. primary area and then the other area is compensation um, which mm-hmm. takes a lot of different forms uh, here in Canada from just you know your your standard well let's start to develop pay policy to um, you know, compliance-related things, because we, we have more laws than in the U.S. about yeah. um, how you're supposed to pay people. So um, I do that kind of work, too.
1: And there's um, there are differing standards and or laws and or regulations from province to province as well, correct? That's right.
0: Yes, yeah. um, you know, and – and I joke because when people on the American side hear me speak, they go, she's not Canadian. She sounds like she's from Wisconsin, right? <laughs> Which, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I haven't lived in in Canada all my life. But, um, yes, where things are federal with, like, wage and hour in the U.S., it starts in a province, like the provincial rules. Mm-hmm. Employment is governed primarily um at a provincial level. So yes, and they okay. all have their own unique things that um yeah. they capture in in legislation for sure. Hm.
1: Hmm. Well, see, no, you know when we can tell you're Canadian is um we, or we get the Canadian flavor is when you um when you when you enunciate the O's, right? Yes. That's my that's my Canadian tell always, you know, a boot and process. Yeah, and, well, you know. the
0: thing, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, and that's what most, uh, friends will say that they know, like my friends from high school and stuff will know right. because I say process and project
1: and, you know, <laughs> like that just
0: doesn't, and, and that doesn't compute for them.
1: Um, anyway. you know where I pick it up uh, all the time, especially, um, because, um, I, I'm such a fan of like the HGTV and DIY building shows and buying houses and that. And so many of them are Canadian export shows that we get. Right. And so everybody has the uh, has the the Canadian accent. That's where I like really <laughs> get my fill. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, before we before we dive um, you know, deep into kind of what we want to talk talk about today, which is compensation and kind of some things that are top of mind right now. What is in honor of O Canada week? What is one of the best things that you would say? What's one of your favorite things about Canada?
0: Well, it's interesting because, you know, the, um one of the uh, suggestions was that you know I keep it to one thing, and I and my standard pat at answer is typically about diversity and inclusion, and just how much more um, mm. open it is. It is here um, to a breadth of you know, like um, here in the Greater Toronto a- Area, fifty percent of the people who um, are here weren't born here; they were born someplace else. Wow, and. Yeah, so, you know, you that that lends itself to a different mindset in the workforce, for sure. Yes. Um however, I mean, I I think the last 30 days and our our world view of um, the fact that maybe even in Canada we don't have it right. Um I mm, I think we mm. actually still have more work to do on diversity and inclusion. So, I'd actually flip it and say that I I really appreciate how much people here appreciate environment, you know, and I'm, mm. I'm a very outdoor person, you know, like mm-hmm. I hike everywhere and I do that sort of stuff. And I'm privileged to be in a place where there's so much natural beauty, but I'd even say um, there's great concern about internal like environment, whether that's yeah. mental health um, or the workplace that you um like or, and or the, your home office, like if the, your workspace. People are concerned about ensuring hmm. that that's conducive to productivity. Mhm. So. Hm. Yeah.
1: yeah. where Whereas, uh, yeah, I think we in the U.S. are a bit behind um, some of that thinking, or 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 contemplating some of those things as a as a collective. Right. We don't really we don't really dive into that. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. Um so speaking of the workplace, um you know when when we said let's get let's get together and let's have a chat on the air, um the the one thing we came up with is is compensation and kind of compensation design and you know as you mentioned um to our to our listeners, that is something that you for years have have focused on and worked on Um, what sorts of of questions or issues have arisen now kind of you know post uh, post COVID or or knee-deep in COVID as it is you know what what are business owners what are HR professionals what are the, the the colleagues that you work with bringing up around in regards to compensation
0: so the first one, um, and I, I literally get this question regularly, is when are we going to know if the market has moved? And hmm. um, some of that has to do with a, a lot of, you know, Facebook putting out there about if you're going to work from home, maybe there's going to be a um, a reduction in pay. Like there's yeah. there's just been a lot of Um, uncertainty, and and profit margins have changed. Um, You know, there are some that are doing much, much better than they uh, ever would have imagined, and then um, there are those that really, this has forced them, you know, to a brink that they couldn't have even imagined four months ago. And so, um, and the traditional uh, salary survey business, the the houses and stuff, um, this The the timing of their surveys doesn't fit what Mm. happened in the world, right? And Mm -hmm. so, like, really being able to shake out and say, are we actually talking about um, differences in the pay strategy, the compensation stuff? Like, when are we going to know that um, is is a really popular question. And and I think that's just the anxiety about how much change there is um, out there. Um, and during COVID too, um, a, a very popular question was, you know, can we do salary reductions? You know, there, there are people mm-hmm. hold what they have particular on base salary, pretty dear. And here, you always have to worry about constructive dismissal and, and, mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things. Um. By the way, constructive dismissal means different things in different countries, and um, constructive yeah. dismissal is a very bad thing in Canada. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a good thing. Um, but uh, so there's there's been those kinds of concerns about um, salary reductions, and mm-hmm. um, people in in there's so much that comes into play with that. Um, do you have a language in your employment agreements that would allow for such a, a thing? Like, have you been clear mm. about that in the beginning? Have you been clear about that in policy? How long is this going to go on? Um, mm-hmm. Is it a reasonable expectation in the circumstances? And, the, and also there's been, there have been government supports through um, COVID right. here in Canada. And um, if you're receiving those, like, how does that impact how much you're able to um, provide in terms of compensation so there's mm-hmm. that that's definitely though the issue of can we do it and for how long can we do it um, comes out uh, in, yeah. in discussion yeah um, another question would be you know can we or should we change our offering um, mm. Canada is a very base pay centric culture that doesn't mean that we don't have bonus plans and it doesn't mean we have team structures and incentive plans and commissions. It's not It's not like those things don't exist. They very much exist. And they exist more than they did 20 years ago. Before. Yeah. But um, the, the, part of the recovery strategy, um, organizations are starting to ask, should we be changing what we're doing? And um, mm-hmm. should that be more about the team versus the individual? That's actually – you know, hmm. a common question uh as well, and um there are organizations out there that um as soon as this hit it it was in the middle of their overall comp discussions anyway, and so yeah. they're working on that
1: sort of thing, yeah
0: and yeah. um un- i know, and unlike in the uh U.S. I mean, the whole benefit thing is very different than it is south of the border. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. The amount that benefits cost to the employer is, you know, quite a bit smaller than it is to um, a U.S. employer. Yeah. And so, um, but in the last, right up until COVID, um, I get involved in uh, benefit renewals and like, Everybody was experiencing big adjustments to the hmm. point of um, we, we did some uh, benefit uh, surveys with with um, some of our clients to try to understand what people would prefer. Like, do they want a smaller plan that they they don't pay for or are they willing to kick in something where they traditionally hadn't kicked anything in.
1: Yeah. And,
0: um, you know, and, and got some mixed results on, on that. And then on top of it, um, with COVID, then nobody could go to the dentist. Right. And nobody could go, nobody could go get their massage therapy or their physiotherapy or any of those things. And so the benefit organizations started coming back with these big reductions. But the question hmm. will be, once things get back to normal and you're fully able to access all the services, um, mm-hmm. will that be something that uh, the costs will be different? And yeah. um, what, what kind of decisions will you have to make if if that starts to eat into your ability to provide them?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, one of the – um one of the sad realities here in in the states with um the number of people um laid off um their positions being cut and that sort of thing if they were in an organization where they had um employer sponsored health health coverage uh because not all of them did of course um but you know our um our safety net—I'm I'm using air quotes—if you could see me, because it's <laughs> really kind of a crappy safety net. But our safety net is um, is Cobra, right? So, oh, you—we're—we're—we're we're, we're letting you go. You know, your position's being eliminated. Um, but you can carry on your health, your employer plan health insurance. Um, you're just going to pay the entire premium yourself, and so that became very—you know—some people have gone through that. Scenario in the past, you know, they left a company and they got a Cobra notification, but maybe they didn't need to think about it because they were going to another job with with another health plan. But all of a sudden, we had you know millions of people being faced with, um, okay, you're unemployed, and if you want continued health coverage, guess what? You get to pay the entire premium, which could be you know thousands of dollars a month just for the coverage, let alone with what your co-pays or out of pockets or whatnot are going to be, and I think it was just very, <clears throat> um, it was very eye opening. And and yes, there's a lot of employers that work to um, kind of internally educate their employees that this is part of your compensation, and every month the employer is spending, you know, x thousands of dollars on you. But, but the reality is, employees don't pay attention to that. Nobody really pays attention to that until they're faced with here's the premium if you if you want it. And I don't know, you know, the the, the, the always look on the bright side, um, be positive so that they don't, you know, think the everything's gonna end. But positive my positive outlook is um this will have opened up hopefully a very real conversation with us in this country around uh, healthcare, not right now while we're living in it, but on the on the other side of it, because um, I think it's more and more people will have experienced the lack of coverage and the lack of affordable options. Um, and I just read something this morning that some drug maker, um, I couldn't tell you who they are, is is close to getting like FDA approval or maybe has gotten the FDA approval for a a drug that can minimize somebody who tests positive. This drug can minimize their risk and will make them um, recover much quicker and whatnot. But to take this is like it's like four four thousand dollars or something,
0: right?
1: So it's available or potentially will be available soon. Um, but well, that would be an out of pocket cost, probably. I know. You and, know,
0: and that's the and that's the interesting. I mean. You know, for all the you'll hear the Canadians all rave about healthcare because it is great. But um, one of the things that is uh, not so good in in a COVID world, where there may be fewer people who can participate in an employer based yeah. um, plan for what we might call the extras, but they're really essentials, is yeah. you know the the price of drugs has gone yeah. up so much that um and uh as a cost management thing, uh the province many of the provinces have pushed some of the really expensive um treatments to home base so they're not in the hospital. So they're like hmm. um, chemo and that sort of thing. And so though if you don't have a plan, that can be it's, yeah, that, that can be out of reach for you. Yeah, um, and uh, so there, there will be those conversations about um, how we manage that because we, they can't out so you know, like offset everything, and they can't right. put all that pressure on an employer plan, or they'll they'll start to feel like U.S. plans, right. and you know employers will cho- just choose not to have them in favor of something right. else. So yeah, yeah
1: well let me do a let me do a quick reset. We are um we are about twenty minutes in, so we're only we're sitting at about ten minutes left, um uh 'cause this this, this show goes fast and furious. So we are here <laughs> with um our guest Bonnie Titgemeyer during celebrating O Canada Week. Um she's based out of Toronto. Um and we're talking comp compensation comp design and some related organizational things so so let me ask you this one bonnie what um you know certainly um you know in the u.s and well really globally because i've seen it talked about in the uk and whatnot as well um there's more and more conversations starting to happen about um listen to me i think i said about kind of like a canadian um <laughs> There's, um, there's conversations happening that, you know, hey, if we, if we decide to let our workforce work remotely or work from anywhere, you know, forever, ongoing, um, we're going to have different pay scales. Facebook came out saying that, um, that they're going to have differing pay scales, um, different pay based on geography. Um, has that arisen for you in the past is it, is it coming up more now? Um, and what do you think about that? So
0: I've never seen prior to COVID any Canadian conversation about, well, the people who work from home, we're going to put them on a a different or lower pay scale. Um, in -hmm. part because there are expenses associated with working from home and um, usually they have to live in um, within a region that allows them to travel to wherever the office is for something mm-hmm. or another. Um, so that issue didn't really, like in my radar, that didn't really come up. But what I think is going to be um, like the resetting of, of compensation for remote people um, and where I think in part, some of the organizations are getting that 16% has to do with things like car allowance, right? If Mm, you're not driving, if you're not driving anymore, um, but that was part of your compensation, how do you like, I think some of that's going to get lost per se or some of those home office expenses um, that, uh, you know, those things may disappear in favor of just, you know, maintenance of that particular um, range. And I don't know how that's going to fare, you know, like, fare it out globally, but here, um, I mean, Canada is like one really surprising thing about Canada is that it's a very urban workforce. Um, uh You know, like there's, there's, you take planes between cities, right. It's not, (laughs) It's not, um, (laughs) there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of rural uh, areas per se. And so um, the expectation is that people will be close to the office, like it'll be manageable. Mm -hmm. And if they happen to um, then set up uh, their, like work from home from the cottage, then they're probably Mm -hmm. going to have a tiny little condo somewhere downtown so they can go to meetings. right? Like I think, I think there's a, I, I think that's, Possibly the way we're going to go on that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Whereas here, the the, the conversations are starting to be okay. Maybe I live. I, I have lived in San Francisco because that's where you know my my tech job is. You know, and and they want me in the office, and I have to be at that at that office or go into it a couple times a week or whatever. But now, um, since my company is going 100% remote. I can ditch the massive amount of rent I have to pay in San Francisco, and I can go to, you know, BFE, middle of the country, live in a small town, be close to family, not have the hassles, um, and and buy a big house for what I paid for rent in San Francisco, <laughs> and so then it, that that and then that part of the conversation becomes, well, you're doing the same job, so. Do we pay you the same, even though you can live like the king, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the country? Um, you know, so how? To, how that? That's where that part of that conversation is. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, oh, for sure. Because you know, what do you do if um, you know you have you have three people? Um, you know, sort of all, same position, same, you know, same general cop, same job, all working in San Francisco, and they go 100% remote. Um, two decide to stay there, one decides to leave and go live elsewhere, but, you know, should that one person's base pay um, be cut down, you know, that that's where the questions are going to come. Um, some say yes, some say no. So it'll it'll be interesting to see that. Um, we um we are getting uh, we are getting close. Got time for one more question? Um, so kind of a kind of a short uh, a short quick one here. But um, what are what are any of the dangers that you see, whether legal or kind of moral, you know, engagement sort of issues, if an employer makes drastic changes to its comp structure? because of covid they freeze pay they bring back pay uh you know dial it back down stop bonuses what what should an employer think about before they do something if they don't have to
0: well i mean i think the first is always to really check whether or not you have a legal issue um and some of that is about how it's how it's worded and Mm -hmm. um and, and I say that assuming that any kind of reduction isn't going to go below in a minimum employment standard, which, of course, you couldn't do. Yeah. But I do think there is um, a moral slash societal issue more than anything. Um, organizations that can afford it and um, still take the reduction are going to be publicly shamed. I mean, there's, there's mm-hmm. no question mm-hmm. about that. And, um, it, I mean, this is we will return to an environment where uh, employees choose who they work for. And so, and, and the internet has a long memory. So um, if you treated your employees bad through this, when you didn't need to, I think you're, you're asking for trouble down the road for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The uh, public, um uh, the public square is large and uh, yes non-forgiving or non and doesn't forget so that that is true uh, well we are just about out of time Bonnie so before we wrap up um, please let our listeners know um, where they can find you online LinkedIn your website etc yeah
0: so on LinkedIn it's Bonnie Sischmeier I think it's the world's funniest spelling name so um, I, I would look i would look at it and then look that up but i am on linkedin uh the employerschoice.com is my uh website and um you can find me on twitter at bonnie toronto
1: yep well thank you thank you so much for joining us um fabulous kickoff to Old canada week with um one of my absolute favorite canadians so, Aww. thank you everybody you for loving. listening to Drive Through HR. Bye Bonnie. Bye bye.